You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone welcome to tribe talk jim rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we talk tribe baseball the indians in chicago taking on the white Sox day baseball both saturday and sunday 210 first pitches airtime for indians warm up 135 and then a huge homestand next week when the indians return home after an off day monday They'll have three with the red-hot first-place Minnesota Twins, and then the Yankees come in next weekend for a three-game series as well. And the homestand continues the following week with two against their Ohio rivals, the Cincinnati Reds. So a lot of good baseball coming up. Coming up later on this week's show, some fun interviews that we had a chance to do. Uh, A couple of pitchers making their major league debuts Josh Smith, the reliever who worked last weekend, and Zach Plesak, who had that tremendous starting debut in Boston on Tuesday night. We'll hear from both of them. We'll have a weekly farm report with James Harris. Curtis Danberg will fill us in on some of the great activities surrounding this year's All-Star Game in Cleveland. And we will also visit with Greg Allen and Carlos Santana, two of the Indians' suddenly hot hitters from the week gone by. But first... A look back at the week in review for the Indians, and after a slow start with a loss in Boston on Memorial Day Monday, the Indians were back at it Tuesday night against the Red Sox, a wet, rainy night from pitch number one. An inning was played, an inning and a half was played, and then the tarp was put down. A 69-minute rain delay, just a miserable night at Fenway Park in Boston, but somehow they got this game in, and the wait was worth it for the Indians. So the rain never stopped completely, but it lightened up enough to play, and the Indians resumed action with Zach Plesak on the mound making his major league debut, and man, was it impressive. And the young man's night is coming to an end. Indians manager Terry Francona is going to make the call to the bullpen. What a night. He gives up a one-out triple to Raphael Devers. He makes 86 pitches in an outstanding Major League debut by Zach Plesek. Later on in the sixth inning, Xander Bogarts would drive in the first run of the game, followed by two more Red Sox runs on an Indians error, and all of a sudden it was 3-0 Boston, and it looked like a really tough start to the road swing for the Tribe. But in the eighth inning, Greg Allen let things off with a walk, Mike Freeman singled, and Francisco Lindor put the Indians to within a run. The pitch... Swung on, ripped to the gap in right center. It'll get down and go all the way to the wall. Allen scores. Freeman scoring. 
into second with a two-run double. Frankie Lindor, who gives it a fist pump. So Lindor makes it a one-run game, rifling a two-run double up the alley in right center. In the bottom of the eighth inning, the Red Sox got those two runs right back, and it was not looking good at 5-2 to two to begin the ninth inning. But Roberto Perez would get things started for the Indians. Swung on, hit pretty well to deep center. Looking up and watching this one get out of here is Jackie Bradley Jr. Wow, did that ball take off. And so Roberto Perez to dead center has his seventh home run. And the Indians trail 5-3. to three. Jake Bowers was next. He walked. And then Greg Allen with his biggest hit of the season. Now the set, now the pitch. Allen drives one to deep right. Down the line it goes. Gone! We are tied on Greg Allen's first home run of the year. How about that? A gigantic blast down the right field line. And the Indians have scored three here in the ninth inning. The Indians weren't done there. Still in the ninth inning, two men on for Jordan Luplo. Now the 2-1. Swung on, drilled. Deep right field. Back is Betts. Track, wall. He got a glove on it. Dropped the ball. Into scores Lindor. Mercado is following him home. Into second is Luplo and stopping at third is Santana. The gold glover. The MVP. Got back near the wall. Reached up. Got a glove on it and didn't catch it. And the Indians take the lead 7-5 to five and have scored stunningly five runs here in the ninth inning. And then Brad Hand came on in the rain to close things out. Here it comes. Swing and a missed ball game. Chased the slider down and away. And Brad Hand strikes out the side and leaves the tying runs on base. So a stunner for the Tribe. They beat the Red Sox 7-5 on Tuesday night, and they carry those good feelings into Wednesday's game at Fenway Park. Turned out to be a slugfest, with the Indians starting the scoring in the first inning, thanks to Carlos Santana. No score, one out, one on. The pitch runner goes, pitch swung on, pounded. Deep center field. This ball is on its way to the base of the wall in the triangle. Kicks back toward right center. That enables Mercado to score. And in with a head first slide is Santana with his first triple of the year. Now Carlos Santana put a charge into one into center field. Santana scored later on in the inning on a wild pitch. But in the bottom of the first, Mookie Betts hit a home run that cut the lead in half. Kevin Ploiecki drove in a run in the second to make it 3-1 to one Tribe, but the Sox came right back again to tie the game at three in the bottom half of the second inning. To the third we go, and Jake Bowers batting with a runner in scoring position in a tie game. A swing and a smash into the shift into right center base hit. Ahead to score Santana, stopping at second after a big turn is Ramirez. And Jake Bowers drives it through the shift to put the Tribe back on top, 4-3. to three. And then the next batter was the suddenly red-hot Greg Allen. Now the 1-2. Swung and drilled over the head of the leaping Chavis at first. Down the right field line, into the corner, into score Ramirez. Bowers being waved home. On his way to third, Allen in standing with a two-run triple. 
What a couple of nights for Greg Allen. And the Indians have a 6-3 lead. In the fourth, Carlos Santana's hot hitting continued. Here's the pitch to him. And he swings and skies one to deep left field. This is way back there. And that ball is a home run Santana over the monster. Boy, at, at Fenway, sometimes they can just look like a pop-up to left, and they go out. And that's what happened there for Carlos Santana, who hits his 10th home run of the season. And the Indians take a 7-3 lead. But you knew the Red Sox weren't going to go down quietly, and a pair of home runs in the bottom of the fourth made it a close game once again. A one-run ball game at 7-6, Indians in front. Not for long, though. Ploiecki came through once again in the fifth. And the pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball deep left center field. Way back there, and that's off the monster. That'll score Ramirez on his way to second. Is Ploiecki, and he is in with a double, and the Indians add another run. It's now the Tribe 8 and Boston 6 on the RBI double from Kevin Ploiecki. And the Indians posted two more runs in the sixth inning thanks to Jose Ramirez. The pitch, a swing and a long drive to deep right field. It's over the head of Betts. It'll jump into the seats for a ground rule double, and that'll score Lindor and Santana. And the Indians have a 10-6 lead as Jose Ramirez... Pounds a two-out, two-run double to right. After scoring in the eighth and ninth innings the previous night, it was now eight consecutive innings scoring a run against Boston. And in the seventh, Francisco Lindor made it nine straight innings where the Indians score a run at Fenway Park. The pitch swung on, chopped on the left side, through the shift, into left, RBI single. Great hitting by Lindor. In the score is Allen, stopping at second, Ploiecki. Well, Boston just keeps overloading with that shift. And Lindor, about as smart a hitter as there is in the game, said, really? You're going to keep shifting on me? Okay. He just reached out, just hit a routine bouncer with a shortstop. Should have been. Nobody's there. And Frankie Lindor has his second hit of the night. He has his 19th RBI. The Indians have scored in nine consecutive innings against Boston. Seven of them here tonight. And a little side note, the Indians became the first visiting team in the long, illustrious history of that great old ballpark in Boston, Fenway Park, to score runs in nine consecutive innings. Quite a night it was for the Indians. They would need every one of those runs, and they kept it going as Carlos Santana capped off his monster night in the seventh inning. Velasquez from the first base side of the rubber, hands at the belt, lets it fly, and it's swung on. Hit in the air toward the gap in left center. It's going to get down for a base hit. It'll go all the way to the wall. Ploiecki scores. Lindor scores. Flying behind everybody is Mercado to score. What a night for Santana in standing with a three-run double. And the Indians blow it open and lead 14-6. to And then in the ninth, Brad Hand once again came on to finish things off. The All-Star game, of course, will be in Cleveland in July. Brad Hand can be guaranteed a spot on that club the way he's pitching. He's ready, and the 0-1 to Chavis. Swung on, grounded to third. Ramirez has it, runs to the bag, steps on third. Ball game. And the Indians have taken the series here at Fenway Park. 
Brad Hand leaves them loaded. And the Indians outslug the Red Sox tonight 14-9 to take two out of three from Boston. And then it was on to Chicago for this series here against the White Sox. Stay tuned. We'll have more to come as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Sports View. Next topic, is it really all about power? Makes me think of Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Gives you the power to find options based on your budget. Let's go to Chuck for an irrelevant analogy. Man, back in the day, people didn't ask how many oranges are in the crate. They just took the oranges. They didn't say, are there 6, 7, 12, 15, whatever. It was just oranges. You get me? We get you, Chuck. In a word, oranges. Give it to us straight with the Progressive Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. And uh, always great to have you along for baseball on the radio or on your iPhone, wherever you prefer to pick up Tribe Talk each week. You can hear it on the Indians radio network, usually early in the day on Saturday. We send it down the line, and it's available for consumption on the different Indians radio network stations, but uh, also in podcast form on two different outlets, Apple iTunes and also the iHeart Media app. A great way to pick up Tribe Talk and then listen to it whenever you like. Well, Carlos Santana had a big night on Wednesday night in Boston. The Indians' DH first baseman fell a single shy from the cycle as uh, he got the home run, the triple, and the double out of the way, also a couple of walks. And we had a chance to visit with Carlos earlier this week, and he says he couldn't help but thinking about the cycle when he came to the plate for his final at-bat in the ninth inning. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking that I and my team, and they talk to you about that and the dugouts, the tattoos, you know. So it's a little bit hard, but I'm not thinking too much and, and try to put in the ball and the play and, and, and try to do it the best. There's a lot of milestones for hitters that, that they would like to get. What is it about the cycle that's special for any hitter? Anything, you know, anything. I mean, his cycles... You know, you don't see every day. He's a great night. He's a great night me and, and for my teammate and, 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 and everybody wait for that. You get the first triple <coughs> by an Indians hitter this season. And uh, someone consider that a surprise. But uh, for you, when, when you're rounding second, you have a chance at a triple. That's, that's not all that common for you. But uh, do you like to show people sometimes that you can run pretty good too? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's part for my job. So, But, you know... Um, I don't know that for sure. Like this is for triple for the for the team, especially in that park. It's not easy for making triples, but you know what I'm making with the Torbay and, and Salud he say congratulations. This is for triple for the team. I say, oh yes, yeah. So you know, he say, oh wow. I mean, I'm thinking, yeah. I say, oh wow, he's crazy. Like me, the guy what I'm not thinking and I'm doing the first triple, but. I mean, he's, he's a good point for positive in the team, especially last night. And, you know, we don't play well the last 10 games, but, you know, this has happened. So I'm so excited, and I'm making the first trip with the team. I always fun to visit with Carlos Santana. And another hitter who had a good series in Boston was Greg Allen. A big home run in Tuesday night's win, a pair of triples Wednesday night. Things starting to fall together at the plate for him. And earlier this week, Allen talked about what's allowed him to get going offensively. Yeah, I think overall just uh, just trying to find ways to 
have good at bats. Um, Vander JBs, uh, more than anything, just find ways on base. Um, you know, again, we have plenty of guys throughout this lineup um, who can do a lot of damage when guys are on base. As we saw this past series, they had to put up a decent amount of runs. So um, I think for me personally, it uh, just kind of goes into honing in on my approach and um, making sure that, you know, I'm competing on, uh, on each and every pitch. I thought it was interesting after the home run in, in Tuesday night's game that it came at such a big time. You were saying that I think everybody says that they're not trying to hit a home run, but your approach at that point was just to, to get something good to hit and put it in play. How does a home run result from that? What what takes it to that next level? Yeah, you know, uh, again, most times uh, in situations like that, as you mentioned, uh, it usually comes about when a guy is, you know, not trying to do too much or, or really, you know, the home run isn't that intent. Um, so, again, for me in that situation, it was really uh, understanding the situation. Um, Jake had just done a great job to, you know, work a walk um, and, and find his way on base. Um, and, and at that point, you know, we were, we were down two runs late, just trying to find a way on base uh, and understanding, again, the guys behind me did a great job of driving guys in. So I was fortunate to, you know, get a decent pitch to hit and try to pit a good swing on it um, and, uh, you know, was, 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 was blessed to have to leave the ballpark. A day earlier, you had hit a couple a long way that did not go out and they always say well as long as you make good contact that's all that matters is it hard though to, to believe that and and still go about it the right way you know it's part of the game uh it's uh, obviously frustrating at times um when you when you feel like you're you're doing all you can to do things right and not getting those results but um again that's the nature of baseball and that's the nature of sports uh you know sometimes um you know you'll hit a ball hard and it'll find a glove sometimes you won't and it'll find some green grass so um, I think you, uh, you, you know, got to take the, you know, the highs with the lows. Uh, and, again, it, it comes with the territory. Uh, but, again, you, you, you try and do the most you can to control the things that you can control. Um, and, again, that's, uh, that's how you manage your bees. Um, you know, your quality of contact and making sure that, um, again, you know, you're having good bees for the team and, uh, you know, and finding ways to help team one. That's Indians outfielder Greg Allen talking about his big series at Fenway Park in Boston earlier this week. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from two young pitchers who made their major league debuts this week for the Tribe, Zach Plezak and Josh Smith. That's next as Tribe Talk continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend, and we continue with our show, turning to the pitching front, and we begin with Josh Smith, a reliever who was with the Indians for just a couple of days, but one of those days made his major league debut. That came last weekend in Cleveland as the Indians were wrapping up their homestand against the Tampa Bay Rays, and for Smith, obviously a, a special weekend for him, and he talked about what made it such a special day that first day on the mound in the major leagues. The highlight for me was, you know, seeing my family walk down and meet me after the game. That was cool, you know. Uh, my mom and dad made it out. Uh, my wife and kids were obviously there. So that was really, really great. It didn't look like you were nervous, but obviously sometimes you can conceal that. But at least control-wise, sometimes that's an indicator if you don't have it that you might be struggling with your emotions but uh, how did you handle things coming into the game well I would say I was more nervous when I got the call the night before and then the two-hour drive from Columbus to Cleveland but you know once I got to go through my whole work day and everything like that I I felt comfortable and especially when I went down the bullpen and 
I think I was locked in and ready to throw. And once I started warming up, all those feelings just kind of went away, and I was ready to go out there and compete. First time in your career you were in Major League Camp and spring training. Has that had any impact and, and carry over now that you're here in a positive way? 100%. You know, finally getting a big league invite, I felt like I had a, a legitimate opportunity, and especially being able to show my face in front of important people and have conversations with those people definitely helped build my confidence. Joined by Tribe reliever Josh Smith, who made his major league debut over the weekend. And Josh, we were talking earlier about the, the length of time you were in the minor leagues and whether the, the doubts creep in as to whether you'll ever get to this point. And, and did they for you, or did you always have that belief that at some point in time you would get here? They definitely creeped in for me. Um, I think it really set in when I got to double A for the first time with the Pirates. Um, I struggled in a really, really bad way. Um, when I first dropped down, I dropped my arm slot. Um, when I was in high A and I had immediate success, I think I just kind of hit the ground running. I felt like I had nothing to lose. But then that next year, I really struggled just to get outs. Um, then the following year, I would have glimpses of good, good and bad, but still the numbers weren't there. And then uh, I honestly felt like it was about over with still being with the Pirates and then I got a phone call from a buddy that said I just got minor league rule five to the Red Sox and having that new opportunity just kind of sparked sparked a new life I guess you would say um, so once I had that new opportunity to go over to the Red Sox system I felt like I could kind of make it my own I could pitch the way I wanted to pitch and I had success I mean I still walked a lot of guys but I had good mentors over there a lot of left-handed coaches over there um, and then especially last year being in AAA and getting to start, you know, make spot starts, I still say that that was definitely the biggest change for me was repeating my delivery over and over, having to get guys out multiple times. I learned a lot about myself last year. Uh, it was fun to watch. Always great to see a major league debut. Thanks a lot for coming by. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. That's Josh Smith, who has since been sent back to AAA Columbus, but certainly a memory for him to cherish and remember. And who knows, maybe he's back at some point in time this season. Another pitcher who made his major league debut with tremendous results under adverse conditions, Zach Plezak, the young right-hander who had flown through the Indians farm system starting at double-A this season and then three tremendous starts with triple-A Columbus, found himself on the mound at Fenway Park Tuesday night for his major league debut. A rainy night in Boston, a game delayed by rain for a little while after he had begun. But when we had a chance to catch up with him a day after his start, which turned out to be a no decision in a Tribe win, Zach said he didn't really mind the weather all that much when you take into account all things considered. It was just fun. Uh, the rain wasn't too heavy to where it was inconvenient, you know. Um, and, and coming up, I've uh, played in, in weather conditions like that plenty of times, so it kind of just brought me back, you know, to home at the same time too. But um, it wasn't too bad, you know, it kind of, Towards the end of the night, it lightened up, and um, the ground screw here actually kept the field in great condition. The, the mound wasn't too wet. or um, So other than that, you know, it was a great night. It seemed like you were in command from the get-go. Were there any jitters early on? And, and if yes, when did you settle in? It, for, yeah, there was, there was some jitters. I, I said I had the jitter fingers a little bit. You know, the first, first hitter of the, of the game that I was facing, um, after the first inning went through, it definitely eased off a little pressure and eased, eased the tension that was in the air. Um, and we had the rain delay, and it almost gave me a chance to settle in and kind of catch my feet, you know, and, um, you know, even catch my breath, you know, just kind of 
gave me a time to relax and it slowed it up too for me so it, it was it was a good experience you know and um throughout it all couldn't have drawn it up any any crazier did you think that that you might be done after the rains came and, and they put the tarp on i didn't i wasn't sure but um i just stayed ready you know so um i just got on the bike and then threw, threw some weighted balls and just made sure whenever the game was had a timetable that you know i can get, get myself prepared and ready to pitch within the given time uh, and you leave and, and the game's kind of hanging in the balance and then all kinds of things happen at the end. Uh, where were you when, when everything was happening in the ninth inning and what were your reactions when it was all said and done? It was, uh, I, I was in the clubhouse getting my arm carrying like I usually would do after we'd, have, after we'd hit from the inning I pitched and um, I, I saw some momentum. We were building momentum the whole time. I was watching on the screens in there and then um, put up two runs. Uh, we had a big situation and, you know, th there was definitely a time where they knew we were going to come back. Uh, came to ninth inning, I put my I, my put my uh, pants back on in a jacket, got back out in the dugout, and I was able to watch the end of it and celebrate a win with them. And, uh, Corey Kluber has always said uh, the wins and losses on his record don't matter as long as the team wins the day he pitches. How do you view that when, when you have a night like last night? I, I think he's absolutely perfect um, with that. Uh, it, at the end of the day, we need a W, you know, and, no matter how we get it, it's how we get it. Um, you know, there's no statistic chase or anything like that. We're trying to win ball games. Uh, afterwards, it came out that you received a letter from David Price congratulating you on your major league debut. Uh, when did you find that, and, and what did that mean to you to have someone with his resume do that? It was special. Uh, I found it when I came back in the locker room after my outing. Uh, he had a note laid it on my seat and uh, picked it up. It just said, congrats on your debut, good luck in your career, and just wish best best wishes, uh, signed his name. And it's just something, it's a note I'll, I'll hopefully have, you know, sometime down the road to show, you know, my family and things like that. Obviously a special night last night. Well, you've had a good season as a whole, wherever you have been. Uh, how do you approach it now as, as you move forward, hopefully here? I'm just going to continue going day to day, looking to improve everything. I'm going to take some some things from this start, looking to improve, going to my next start. Um, you know, just continue to, to learn, ask questions uh, to these guys I haven't been around in a while, you know, and or ever. So it's it's we're going to be a lot of fun. It's exciting for me to to move forward, to look forward to growing and getting better as a pitcher and, and as a as a player. So many great things about anybody's major league debut. Usually. Uh, for you, was was the best part having so many family here to, to enjoy it with you? Yeah, I mean, just my my parents, you know, being here and just able to experience, and my brother, you know, just something we've been, you know, going after since as long as they could ever know, you know, and so that day was absolutely special, and to celebrate it with them, it, it meant everything that I did as a young kid trying to get to this spot now, worth it. It was fun to watch, that's for sure. Zach, thanks for coming by. Thank you. Thanks for having me. At Zach Plezak, and boy, he could be a regular on this show at some point in time in the very near future, as he certainly was impressive on Tuesday night. He'll get the start again tomorrow, Sunday, if you're listening to this show Saturday, but he'll have the road trip finale start on Sunday in Chicago. Stay tuned. We'll have our final segment of Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. 
Here's some music to get you pumped. Da -dum, da -dum, da -dum, da -dum, dang, dang. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Da -dum, da -dum, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. It's our final segment. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. And we get right to James Harris, the Indians Director of Player Development. We try to check in with James on a regular basis for our farm reports. Get uh, the latest on good things happening in the Indians minor league system. And we focused on Columbus this week. Some familiar names down there. And we begin with Bobby Bradley, who's been tearing the cover off the ball and starting to show some of that promise that the Indians have had for him for quite some time. It's really clicking in now at the AAA level. And we asked James, what has Bradley swinging the bat so well recently? Yeah, our major leagues and minor league staff challenged him to be in better shape, play a better first base, um, be able to be competitive against left-handed pitching and, and, and show up against the breaking ball. And he's done all of those things at a level to which he's opened some eyes. So really excited about what he's doing, the work he's putting in, and I'm glad he's seeing that on the, the fruits of that labor on the field. It's interesting because two springs ago he came in a lot lighter and he said he wasn't real comfortable with that and then maybe a little bit too far the other way this year. Has he found that happy medium, you think? Well, judging by his performance, he seems to have found something that, that has worked. But if you look at what he's done on the field, meaning de defensively, he's moving around better um, but yet maintain the power that he's that is kind of his signature. Trace Thompson, another name that was uh, in spring training, has had a, a good power stretch here recently. And uh, what are you seeing from him for a player who's had some good big league time and is now trying to make that next step again? Yeah, I mean, if you look at him lately, I mean, within the last 10 to 14 days, I mean, he's shown um, he's he's shown up in a way that he's he's wanted to. Early in the season, he's, he struggled a little bit. But now, I mean, if you look at what he's doing from a power standpoint, what he's doing defensively, and, and just being an all-around all leader in that clubhouse, um, it's really, really cool to see what he's doing. And I know strikeouts have been a, an issue for him in the past. Uh, what has he done to try and control those a little bit more? I think just acknowledging that, that that's something that he's looking to work, work on, knowing that uh, strikeouts transfer to the major league level because pitchers only get better, and he's been able to do that, feel more comfortable at the plate, have a better approach, and, and he's seen the fruits of that labor. Greg Allen made the club out of spring training and, and struggled here. Uh, what have you seen in him down at AAA that, that indicates some improvement as he tries to get back at some point? I think, number one, you've seen him relax, and he's been more of the Greg that he, he typically is. The guy. The one thing that you see more is you see the smile on his face. He's playing at a level, and he's feeling a little bit more comfortable and looking to build that into consistent play on the field, and consistent play will also help us here in Cleveland. All right, let's rattle through some familiar names that have uh, been up in the major leagues. Uh, fans may be familiar with Cody Anderson uh, back down in Columbus trying to lengthen out a little bit. And, and how's his prog progression going as he gets further and further away from Tommy John? Yeah, great thing about that is, like as, as you said, being able to just continue to pitch, continue to recover from those those outings. There's no way to, to supplement that and, and, and rehab. Yes, he's going to go out and throw a little bit, but you don't throw the, the second and third deck outside. So... Cleveland has been an, a great opportunity for him to start that, go back down to Columbus and get lengthened out, um, and it's, it's he's building the consistency that we're looking for. Another uh, in that a similar boat but uh, in the bullpen, John Edwards, mm -hmm. uh, threw some, some solid outings here, but now back at AAA, and, and what are you seeing from him as he tries to stay on that radar? Yeah, John has, has some experience in Cleveland both this year and last year, but people don't remember that he was a position player. 
So he hasn't been a pitcher very long, even though he's old enough to be in a major league clubhouse and be fit in right with those guys. But he's still young from a pitching side. So he's he's learning on, on that aspect. He asks a lot of questions. He's highly intelligent. And we're just getting more experience and more opportunities to go out there and compete. You can never have enough arms in the pen. James Hoyt, uh, someone who has major league experience with Houston. Where is he coming back from injury? And I know he has some appearances now, but uh, some of the challenges that he's had. Yeah, fully healthy now. Uh, last year when he came over from Houston, wasn't wasn't quite ready to go. We put him in a situation where we can we can get the knee better and get the getting better upper body. Now we're in that situation where we're seeing where he is now. He's out competing at at Columbus and. And it's just a matter of getting more innings under his belt is what we're trying to do, and we like where he's at so far. And obviously, uh, for you, you're, you're following all the teams. The draft is getting close. Uh, any responsibilities there as we get closer to draft time? Well, there's a lot of work that's being done by our front office and our, and our scouting staff. I mean, we're, we're in the rooms. We're, we're digging through players and, and talking through. If, if I get asked a question or my perspective, I'll give it. But usually those guys have things pretty covered. All right, James. Thanks a lot for your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And it's James Harris, Indians Director of Player Development. And we finish this week's show joined by Curtis Danberg, the Indians Senior Director of Communications. The All-Star Game about a month away now. How about that? We're getting there as uh, the All-Star Game in Cleveland this summer coming to town in early July. And a big part of that, Play Ball Park. And that is something that's uh, affordable, family-friendly, should be a great time. And Curtis fills us in on all the details of Play Ball Park. Yeah, mark your calendars July 5th through the 9th, opening Playball Park on that Friday, July 5th at 10 a.m. So uh, we want to make sure that fans in the region know uh, to come to Cleveland. Extend your holiday uh, week uh, festivities and, and come to Cleveland and be a part of it. So there's so many more things going on besides just the events at Progressive Field. And Playball Park is really the cornerstone of those activities. MLB's unveiling its brand-new baseball interactive festival. So free and open the public outdoor will feature live music and food trucks and baseball and softball fields. Inside uh, the Huntington Convention Center will be paid admission where you get a chance to meet legends and do a virtual reality home run derby. But it really it's a, an event for kids of all ages uh, and families of all ages to really uh, enjoy great value. $20 is the ticket price to get in the Huntington Convention Center uh, for the interior portion of Playball Park. And like I said, free and open the public uh, for the outside, outside activities. Uh, phenomenal fam- family-friendly activity. 50-plus attractions. So what are we talking about here? You, you touched on a little bit baseball, softball, diamonds, things like that. Uh, some other things that, that fans are going to want to be down here for. I mean, really, you have an experience pass. You can get, download an app, and uh, you get points for visiting different things and the different attractions. Uh, but really, spend a, you can spend all day there. Um, there's going to be so many activities, and you know, people, whether you're a, a hardcore baseball fan uh, or just a casual baseball fan, just the people watching and the, the vibe that's going to be in downtown Cleveland. With We're going to be in the world stage for five days, and uh, you're going to see upwards of over 100,000 people visiting Playball Park during that stretch. And I know that, obviously, the, the autograph lines and things like that, and there's a, a paid component to that, but just looking at the schedule for some of the Hall of Famers and stars, former Indians, people who are going to be part of this, former players, uh, it sounds like from early in the morning till the, till the evening hours, they'll be, they'll be floating around a little bit during this? Yeah, all day long. And the coolest thing about it is you can actually reserve, once you get the app, you can reserve when you might want to see a certain player. Uh, so you can almost reserve your spot in line so you're not sitting there all day long for three hours. You can say, hey, I want to try to get in Jim Tomey's line. 
um, and a certain day, then you can try to do that. We're going to have Indians alums, as you mentioned, we're going to have MLB baseball alums, you know, names like Andre Dawson and Raleigh Fingers uh, come to mind, Johnny Bench, um, just a potpourri of baseball legends in one place. And uh, some favorites, too, uh, for Indians fans like Carlos Baerga, Thunder Thornton, um, Travis Hafner will be here. Mike Napoli's coming back. So you really run the gamut, it sounds like. Yeah, Victor Martinez, too. We want to go back. Sam McDowell uh, going way back in the uh, way back machine, but also current guys. Uh, you know, having Mike Napoli so integral to the success in 2016, he's excited to come back as well. And, and just in case some folks missed it, um, not that you glossed over it quickly, but I think a lot of folks think, oh, it's the all-star game, the home run derby. So how am I going to be able to afford that? Or are tickets even available, that type of thing? But this is a way they can come down for, for a pretty good price. Yeah, go to allstargame.com, and you can purchase tickets for Playball Park right now. We also have limited tickets now available for All-Star Sunday, and that includes Celebrity Softball, the Futures Game, and Rock and Blast. So a great opportunity to, if you want to get a taste of the action and the activities here at Progressive Field, that could be your best chance. Should be quite a week. I was going to say weekend, but quite a week. Quite a for week. The yeah, buckle up, and uh, $65 million of economic impact is what we're projecting. Tremendous. Thanks, Curtis. Thank you. Go Tribe. That's Curtis Danberg, Indian Senior Director of Communications, talking about a great event surrounding this year's All-Star Game called Playball Park. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks, as always, to Brian Matze for helping to put together our show on a weekly basis. Until next week when we join you from Progressive Field as the Indians will be taking on the Yankees next weekend, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.